This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, as we launch into yet another edition of the Live Saturday version of our program. Uh, again, it is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. I want to welcome, uh, finally, officially, to our family of happy radio affiliates, WCK, Super Talk 1570 in Flint, Michigan. Uh, this is uh, officially our first weekend with them on board, though I think there was a test run that went successfully last week. Uh, they'll be joining us on a delay broadcast basis from 6 to 8 o'clock in the morning on Sundays. Well, catching so, them on the way to church. Uh, wherever they're going <laughs> at 6 in the morning on Sunday or maybe just coming home from a night out. You know, Fishing, either, perhaps. Yeah, either way, uh, you're going to be getting Free Talk Live in Flint. So. It's a heck of a night if you're coming home at 6 a.m. Welcome aboard. Uh, without further ado, we get to our guest who is on the line. His name is Danny Ladone, and he is the programmer of the Super Columbine Massacre RPG. We've had Danny on the show in the past before to talk about his game and what it all means and the controversy that surrounded it. And uh, that's not the reason we're having Danny on today, though that's certainly what he's uh, most notorious for. We're having him on today because, uh, Danny, you've gone and made a film about all of this uh, whole video game violence controversy, and it's called Playing Columbine. Is that right? That's correct. Welcome back to Free Talk Live, Danny. What's the film all about? Thanks for having me on, guys. Sure, man. The film film is basically uh, a summary of all the things that happened over the course of the life of the game. If you want to think of the Super Columbine video game as the main character of the film, you sort of follow its, uh, its pitfalls and its high points over about a year-and-a-half-long period uh, from its initial release to the time that it was uh, outed as, as being this, uh, this product that got a lot of people angry or that was very controversial. Uh, and then there was the shooting in Montreal in Dawson College, and the game was sort of singled out as perhaps one of the... Uh, one of the influences into why this occurred. And then it was a finalist in a game developer competition at uh, the Slamdance Film Festival in 2007. And it was pulled out just weeks before the competition by the festival director. And this prompted a lot of other uh, game developers to pull their games in protest. They say, this is wrong, this should stay in. It was judged and it needs to be a part of the competition. And so this film kind of picks up all those threads and it sort of carries them a little bit further to figure out why all these things happened, why a video game about Columbine is controversial when a film or a book about the same subject is not, things like that. Now, you uh, originally programmed this, uh, um, help me out, the Super Columbine Massacre RPG. Yeah, the Super Columbine uh, Massacre RPG. You originally uh, programmed that as just sort of, some therapy for yourself and uh, some, maybe some friends could play it. And you made it available on the Internet, and it really blew up into something, right? That's right. I mean, I, I made this for a couple reasons. One, because as a Colorado high schooler at the time of the shooting at Columbine, that event was particularly striking for me personally because I saw perhaps some similar resemblance between the shooters and myself, and it, mm. it forced me to introspect and think about what was going on in my own life And then years later, I discovered this way to make a video game and decided, you know, I should make a game about this topic because after Columbine, of course, video games were front and center for the criticism as to why the Columbine shooting might have happened. And I saw so many myths, these pervasive kind of, oh, they were goth kids and they listened to Marilyn Manson and this is why the shooting occurred. 
and I wanted to make a video game that told through the eyes of the, the killers themselves uh, perhaps why they did what they did. Now, um, and, and you really did. There was an, there's an exhaustive amount of ev- uh, of evidence, uh, you know, information about what went on and and uh, these boys more than I ever found out in the, in in the news. And I want, I, I guess, I want to ask you, you know, if I when when I heard about uh, Super Columbine RPG, I was a little disgusted. Like the idea that one could play the video game, one could be the killers. It sounded to me like a celebration of goth kids shooting, uh, you know, children and teachers in the hallways of their school. That's what that's how it seemed to me. And one could take it that way. There's no doubt that one could look at it that way. But when I think about a book that's, say, written from the perspective of the killer, I don't really think of it as anything but a, um, you know, the way, you know, it's a book. I don't don't think of it as any way at all. I don't Hmm. think that it is good or bad or or any of those things. I don't assign anything to the author. I don't say, whoa. Why do you think that is? And that's the question I'm asking Danny. Why do you think it is, Danny? Because my reaction is... And you're a gamer. It's not like you're some parent that has never played a video game either. Yeah, well, you know, but I've got a, the soul of an old man. So I'm, I, I want to know, Danny, what do you think? Why do you think okay. it is that it's different? Well, certainly, if I wanted to make a video game that glorified killing children, uh, I wouldn't have spent six months researching the Columbine shooting itself and putting in all these primary sources. Seems like a lot but of work. I, I think part of it is, we, you know, what do you expect out of a book? We have a range of experiences that we could get out of a book. We can go to a book for entertainment, certainly, like Lord of the Rings or something like that. Mm-hmm. You could go to a book to learn something about a particular topic, like, say, libertarianism. But uh, video games have traditionally marketed themselves for one type of experiment, uh, one type of experience, and that's entertainment. And so you, as a, as a consumer of media, assume that video games are going to do that entertainment for you. And the idea that a video game could instead educate or influence your opinion about something is uh, a bit untested, but the film playing Columbine attempts to demonstrate, not just through my game, but through many games that new game developers are trying out, to use video games as a means of social experimentation. Or commentary, social commentary. I found that one of the more, more interesting parts right. of the of the presentation of Playing Columbine, which, by the way, your website is playingcolumbine.com. You can go and see a preview of the film. You can order a, 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 I guess, a preview, or not order a preview, but order a DVD, a limited edition DVD there, playingcolumbine.com. So it was neat seeing those other games that were also making statements and seeing that, you know, this is starting to expand out. This subcategory, this genre of video games seems to be becoming a little bit more popular now. Right. You know, one game that didn't make the cut because it just came out very recently, but I figured you guys would be into, is called Police Brutality. And Police Brutality is about the, uh, is about the guy who was known for the don't tase me bro phrase. <laughs> and this, is a ga- this is a game that takes place on that very day, and John Kerry's on the stage, and you're a member of the audience, and what do you do? You know, so, and that's just one of many examples. Hmm. There have been video games about uh, Darfur, a video game about... Uh, the uh, the Waco situation back a few years ago. So video games are becoming a way, not necessarily in the big commercial scope, but certainly on the online, you know, independent game development world to explore our world in an interactive way. You know, I, 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 they absolutely are, and they're they're really uh, burgeoning in that area. And you know, video games are kind of funny. They, I think I'm somewhere near the uh, the oldest of gamers out there. I'm 37 years old, and I play video games. Isn't the average age 33 or something like that? I, I, I think that's that... correct. The average age today is 33 years old. And one one thing to point out, Mark, is video games used to be for adults. The very first video games were put in 
in uh, pool halls and, and bars and taverns, places like that with the old stand-up arcade games. Mm-hmm. And it was only with the, uh, the, the home console systems like Atari and Nintendo in the early 80s that we began to see a home market, and suddenly it was a toy for children. Hmm. And now we have to sort of break that stereotype that, in fact, video games are only for kids. Right. Not only is it an adult-based medium in many ways, but it's also uh, it's also becoming more of an art form than it ever has been in the past, I think, and more respected for that. And uh, the fact that you've got games that are social commentary, I think, points that out. I think we're leaving something out, though. If you, I mean, it's, there's there's a age group, uh, you know, that where you where most people don't play video games, aren't interested in video games, don't see video games as like as what, a part over of 50? life. I I think over forty five. Okay. I think maybe over forty. It's getting, you know, I'm 37. I'm getting close. I believe I'm close to the edge. My wife totally doesn't understand. Her brother totally doesn't understand. It's just, you know, I I don't know. I I'm just I'm just trying to find a phenomenon here. I haven't done any studies on it or anything. Well, one thing that's pointed out in the film that's uh, very eloquently stated by the president of the, um, of the Game Developers Association, his name is Jason De La Roca, he says, you know, we don't call people who watch TV watchers, <laughs> and we don't call people who listen to their iPods as listeners. So there will come a day when we won't refer to people who play video games as gamers, because we'll just all be gamers and we'll all do it. Danny, hang on. We're going to bring you back, and actually we're going to bring an extra element in here, and uh, thanks to you for setting this up, but Jack Thompson, the anti-video game violence attorney, has made quite a name for himself fighting so-called video game violence. We're actually going to bring him in here to the conversation, so hang on, Danny. More with Danny Ladane, the director and producer and everything guy behind playing Columbine, a true story of video game controversy. We continue this discussion and take your calls as well. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us, and they include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, go and grab up to an entire year's worth of Free Talk Live right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience Again, that is freetalklive.com. SACL CAI is a, uh, is a company that has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That, again, is SACL CAI. We're back with Danny Ladone. He is the programmer of the Super Columbine Massacre RPG, but by trade you're actually a filmmaker, Danny, and you actually went ahead and made a, a film about your experience in uh, the, the, the entire Columbine game situation and, and all of the, the travels that you went through and the trouble and the, you know, the tribulations and all the, uh, the issues. And In fact, Jack Thompson was actually in your movie. How did you manage to get Jack Thompson to agree to that interview? What, was that tricky? Uh, I, I wouldn't say it was tricky. I'll, I'll sort of say this. You know, I, I, from the beginning, I, uh, as the controversies of the game unfolded, and again, I'm not a professional game programmer, and I think the game reflects that, uh, but I, I quickly realized that there was enough going on to make an interesting film. And so as a filmmaker, as someone who does this a lot for, uh, 
for uh, businesses and, and for my own projects. I'm now in grad school working on my MFA in film. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, you know, this is just something that needs to be made into a movie. And HBO wasn't exactly calling me up, so I said, all right, I'm, I have the equipment. I'm just going to go out and do this myself. And so I started researching uh, who I would want to include in this movie, because I think a movie about me walking around describing my experiences would be pretty boring. Right. So there's about 50 people that are in this film, including you guys, by the way. That um, is true. Talk about their, their I must say, I am brilliant in it, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I have to yeah. thank you for including us. I mean, certainly we're not video game experts, but we are both players of games, and uh, you. I guess you had us in to kind of comment from the freedom of speech aspect of things. And sure, I, was I had really you in there, and I had you in there for that reason. That's correct. And, and what happened really was... Uh, I became a Free Talk Live listener about a year and a half ago now as I was researching my documentary, specifically the different media appearances that Jack Thompson had done, because he really is sort of at the forefront of uh, a group of people who are concerned about violent video games, particularly being sold to young people. And uh, I came across Free Talk Live. And so uh, what I did was realize, you know, if I'm going to ask people about this video game that I made, in an interview, I may not be the best person to conduct these interviews. So there were a lot of interviews with people that I thought would be perhaps more critical of the game or myself that I had uh, film colleagues of mine from my undergrad years uh, go do. Uh-huh. And much like, much like many of the other interviews, uh, you know, I supplied some contact information to a number of people that work for me, and uh, they approached various individuals, including Thompson, to be in the film. I see. I had. I sort of had the feeling you might have gone about it that way, and sort of uh, bringing someone else as an intermediary. The, the, to, feel, the right. film really got credibility because you went out, you went out and, and interviewed a lot of people that disagree. You know, from from a uh, ideological standpoint. Yeah, there was with, some senator from New York. He was gross. You had uh, to have it. Was, there was who else was in there? Oh, the the, the uh, parents' television council guy was even in there. One of those guys. That's right. Yeah. I mean, what I did is I, I tried to handpick some people who weren't just like men on the street who said, this game is stupid, I don't like it. I tried to pick people who represented different points of view that, that were strongly opposed to mine. I mean, one that was very prominent was the, uh, the gentleman who outed me when I was still the anonymous creator of the game. Mm. You know, I knew he had to be in the film, so I approached him, and, you know, we, it, it was an interesting dance, because I didn't want to be Michael Moore and walk, uh, walk in with my camera to meet Charlton Heston and just kind of, like, exploit and confront people. I, I wanted to really get their their side of the issue. And so I tried to, as I was editing the film, etc., try to really get the kernel of why people who disagreed with the game or with, you know, some aspect of video games, why they really disagreed. I wasn't interested in, like, skewering people's perspectives. Yeah, I liked how it was uh, pretty all-encompassing. You really did cover a wide range of, uh, of opinions. Now, Danny, um, I got I, I got the film, and and I this is not the first film I've been asked to uh, to view, and then as uh, part of being on the p- show, perhaps yeah. we'd talk about it, and you know those kind of things, and I. I, you know, I, I haven't gotten a lot of films that I've enjoyed watching um, at, in, in the course of my work. There's been lots of movies I've enjoyed. This is the best documentary I've seen in a long time. Even I, without you in it, Mark, it right. would have been very good. I am brilliant. I must say, I'm brilliant. But I just, I, I knew that it, I was going to be in it for a grand total of, you know, 47 seconds or whatever. And the rest of it was going to be me saying, oh, God, I got to watch. And I told, originally had told Ian, yeah, I don't think, it's going to take me a couple of weeks to watch this. But I made an effort to watch it uh, the, the day that Ian and I talked, you know, a little bit. I figured I'll watch 10 minutes a day. That'll, that way I can get through it. You know, like taking a little cod liver.
liver oil, sipping on it. Oh, my God, it was awesome. I finished it that night. Fantastic. Wow, thank you. I mean, it's, it sounds like you went into it thinking it was going to suck or something. Huh? I did. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling wow, you the man. truth, Danny. I mean, <laughs> but I, I'm totally got converted. Imagine how hard it is to convert somebody ex- with that expectation. That's uh, well. What did it for you, man? What was it about that kept you from turning it off after ten minutes or whatever? I, I'm no expert. I like. I wish I could give you some kind of feedback and use the terminology that filmmakers would use to be able to right. tell you why it is. It's Compton. To me, it doesn't drag. To me, it was good as something. I expect. You know, I would have expected to see this on PBS or like you know one of those one of the channels that I generally watch, like the History Channel kind of feel. It had that well-researched, uh, smart feel to it. It was, um, you know, it moved along. You didn't. I never felt like, oh my god, I don't. Want to listen to this person one more sentence it was it was it was fast paced that's well, the best you. i can let do me, for you let me tell you that film was the result of about 50 hours of interviews that got cut down i remember when uh when ian and i were hanging out after the interview i described the process that i was going to undertake to make this film and ian was a bit surprised that it would take me over a year to do this but i knew that it would because the film went through seven drafts seven cuts and I screened them to different audiences and got a lot of feedback. So the movie that you watched is the result of many, many people giving their insight into what was working and not working to really cut it into the best film. This was by no means like something I sat down and did in a weekend. No, no, it sure wasn't. This was just like this. You know, I I sincerely believe I saw, you know, Bowling for Columbine. I saw uh, something 9-11, what's Fahrenheit 9-11, Michael Moore's documentaries. It was, it was, you know, like that. It was produced. It's sort of that fast-paced. It wasn't as single-sided as Moore's stuff is. Moore doesn't present another side. Um, and I think that it's gonna. If if he got awards from you know the the Academy, then I think you'll get one. I I you know, I'm crazy, well, but you. whatever. I think that's what I believe. I don't know what it takes to get submitted for those awards, but certainly it deserves to be considered. No doubt about that. It's I don't know what's really sort of really yeah. good inside circles you have to run around in in order to well, even get considered. So what I'm doing now is uh, the film is available for sale on my website, mostly uh, because I want to raise funds to continue to send it to festivals. It's kind of this weird this loop that an independent uh, film goes on. But yeah, you know what? I'd it, like to talk more about the business side of things. If you'll hang on, Daniel, we're going to bring yeah, you no back. Problem. And by the way, we're uh, still trying to get Jack Thompson on board here. He, he asked for a reminder email today. I sent that to him. He responded to it. So it's not like he didn't get what he requested. Uh, so we're still waiting on and, Jack, and it's, it's likely he'll be on. I mean, it's just—I don't know. We've left a message. Late. We have no idea what's going to happen at this point, so I'm not going to make any promises here. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But we do have Danny, and you can call with your questions. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for three dollars a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is the live Saturday edition of the program, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free. So enjoy those on us, including the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Just go to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what that's all about, shrine.freetalklive.com. What mischief is the iron fist of the state up to lately? And who is the anarchy boogeyman, and why should you be afraid of him? Anarchyinyourhead.com is a webcomic about the philosophy of freedom in its purest form. 
Check out check it out every Friday for a new strip and find bonus materials throughout the week all at anarchyinyourhead.com. That's anarchyinyourhead.com. It's completely free. It's webcomic. It's great. We're back with Danny Ladane. He is the programmer of Super Columbine Massacre RPG, also filmmaker by trade and the director of the soon-to-be-released Playing Columbine. Uh, Danny, when is that coming out? Yeah, so the, the film is kind of released in a number of ways. The very first thing I did is put it for sale on my site. Right now it's, it's uh, for sale for $35 because it's not meant to be like the general release of the film. Mm-hmm. It's for people who've been bugging me for about a year now to get to see it, basically. <laughs> Um, so uh, what it's doing now is it's going to a lot of film festivals, and after it screens there, it can actually enter the sort of buyer's market for independent films. And eventually you should be able to get it in Blockbuster or Netflix or oh, something wow. like that. That's, that's pretty that's exciting. Goal, man. So that's what I'm working So towards. do you think that this is uh, going to end up being profitable, or is it going to be something where you just sort of make a name for yourself and then maybe the next one will be profitable? What's your plan? Well, the good news is these days you can make a documentary uh, particularly for not much money, and the turnaround that it can make is, is substantial. Um, this isn't going to grow something like what Fahrenheit 9-11 did, obviously, because that had Miramax, et cetera, behind it and a huge marketing campaign. But, you know, the film, I'm not, I'm not um, shy about saying, cost me about $12,000 to make. Wow. So the turnaround on that, as you can imagine, is not going to be that difficult to achieve yeah that but won't yeah, that I mean, won't i mean know, even if you just sold dvds it wouldn't take very many dvd sales to really make your money back there that's right one of the people in the film who you've also interviewed is brian fleming who's a filmmaker he made the film the god who wasn't there mm-hmm. and uh and he he succeeded totally outside the system just by selling off his website so if all else fails um i have confidence that i'll be able to succeed that way well, I'm sure we'll send you at least a handful of sales here tonight. People can go to PlayingColumbine.com and get on board for the limited edition DVD. Well, we can talk more about that in a little bit, but we actually did manage to uh, roust up old Jack Thompson. He's on the line with us. Jack Thompson, the infamous, I guess at this point, uh, lawyer who has been working very hard to uh, get new governmental restrictions on the sales of violent video games. Would that be appropriate, Jack? Uh, first of all, um, I'm not terribly old. <laughs> well, 56 is the new 46 secondly infamous maybe among certain gamers not among all gamers and certainly not infamous among um parents and uh many parents and family groups and so forth so i guess it depends on who you talk to before, now what was the question i don't know but but before we go on jack i wanted to uh, congratulate you and thank you uh number one for for coming back on free talk live after our sure. last interview didn't end too well and secondly we actually got some uh some related news about uh, something going on he's in- sticking it to the man in the florida court system yeah you uncovered something really serious down there in florida where apparently they're now targeting you as a result of you uncovering this but but you uncovered uh, the fact that apparently certain judges down there had not actually bothered to correctly sign their their oath of office and that it was yeah, forged. And I mean, that, right. you deserve congratulations for, Jack. Well, so. I appreciate that. Video games and, and me aside, um, I, you know, I am a lawyer. I care about the law. I also, uh, we all care about the Constitution. And the, uh, just a brief tour of that, very brief uh oaths of office are very important in fact oaths are very important if you didn't have witnesses under oath you'd have no sanction against them for perjury and therefore no um no way to compel telling the truth uh translate that into oaths of office whereby uh officers have to swear allegiance to the constitution and to the laws 
and indeed the first act of Congress uh, once the Constitution was enacted was and ratified was uh, uh, a statute compelling officers to take an oath of office. And indeed, uh, the, f- the federal government mandates that judges, this was news to me until this body of law you know, became something I had to study, State judges have to swear allegiance to the to the uh, Constitution of the United States and and to the laws of the country and to the state. And what's uh, rather remarkable is a huge number of uh, Florida as well as other states' officials have never signed these oaths, and that's that's very serious because if you haven't signed an oath and and uh, in effect pledged allegiance to the Constitution, then then you can't hold anyone accountable for breaching it. So right, you're not really a judge at that point. You're you're just well. That's uh, that's true, and I don't want to get too arcane sure. here. But it I just wanted to give you props where it was deserved, yeah, that's, Jack. That's so. nice of you. Well, we all love the Constitution. We all well, maybe have a different. I don't know. <laughs> we all maybe have a a different. Well, it's a. I, I, think I think the Constitution was a, a good try, but really, as Lysander Spooner said, it has either authorized all of the tyranny that we have today or was powerless to stop it. So, well, constitu- the Constitution is a restraint on government, and that's a good thing. I, that, I, I'm we'll for that, true. and uh, you know, my partner just sounds nuts when he says stuff like well, that. Well, anyway, so Jack, did you get your advanced copy of Playing Columbine yet? We have Daniel Lodani on yeah. the line. Did you get well, to see I've it? Been busy. I've been busy with the Florida Bar, so I haven't been able to watch it. It's yet. awesome. It really is. <laughs> oh, no, it's great. I've seen excerpts of it, and Danny, you're to be commended. Uh, good for you. Thank and, you, uh, I'm not um, really sure what this conversation is supposed to be about. We just figured... Oh, uh, let's talk about banning well, video let me, games. Can I say... Oh, let, me, let me say, I've gotten a lot of death threats and, and uh, obscene phone calls in the last uh, couple of weeks, particularly, and I love kids who call me and threaten to kill me and castrate me and so forth, and, and their point is that the games have not affected their attitudes. I love that. <laughs> but but uh, uh, let me, when they calm down and when we actually have a conversation, I've done interviews with kids who are working on their term papers, and I'm delighted to do that. I remember being a student myself. They seem somewhat surprised to hear what my core issue here is, and it's the only issue for me, and that is that mature-rated games shouldn't be sold to kids in the age groups below the age rating. That's it. So you would never call for a ban on violent video games? No, of course not. Wait, wait, wait. Jack, I remember you said on Fox News specifically that Manhunt 2 is the one game that should be banned outright. On that, on that issue, yeah, because indeed uh, it, that was relating to what the U.K. had done. Uh, they said it was inappropriate for adults, and I and I do think uh, I, I stand corrected. That's one game that may be so far over the line as to be uh, bannable. But in now, fact, Jack, in, wait a minute. In, now you in, you claim in, the wait a minute. In reality, that's that's never going to happen. Thank you, so. because the last time you were on the show, you told us that you at one time in your life were a libertarian. By the way, you're still the the first and only person I've ever talked to who's gone back. Uh, from being a libertarian. And so as a libertarian, you must have understood that when you ban things, it just goes underground, right? And it just becomes, well, if, if anything, more dangerous, just Church, as we've seen Churchill, with the war on drugs. Churchill once famously said, if you're not a liberal when you're young, you don't have a heart. And when if you're not a conservative when you're old, you don't have, have a brain. brain. So I'm a recovering libertarian. And, no, and, uh, and I think there is a role for government in, as a last resort in certain instances. But I I, uh, I would say the, the real issue for me is whether or not uh, games like Grand Theft Auto 4 and Manhunt ought to be available to um, people under the age of 17 in the U.S. or under 18 elsewhere, and, and the answer for me is no. Well, no I, think most, course, I, think most gamers, I think most gamers agree with me on that. 
you would be also pleased then to know that the, the Federal Trade Commission found that now only, what, 20% of the time uh, can underage gamers purchase M-rated games in their latest well, that's gaming what, operations? Yeah, that's their recent uh, figures. I, I wonder how accurate that is. In fact, uh, Secret Chopper uh, test was done, let's see, where was it, in Detroit, I think, and they found 50% of the time, and this uh, was just in the last few weeks, uh, kids as young as 13 were able to get in and get them. But, we're, you know, we're making progress. Sure. I'll take, I'll take, uh, I'll take uh, uh, some blame or some, uh, some credit for that. I think, I think we've got to move in that direction. I think the industry is smart to be moving in that direction. Jack and Danny, hang people on. People like we're, me off their back. We're going to bring you back. Hang on. If you've got a question for Danny Ladone or Jack Thompson, we've got them both on the line. And you can get on, too, at 800-259-9231. But you better do it soon. Only going to do this for one more segment here. 800-259-9231. This is your show. You bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the show, and you can bring up anything. The toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. But right now we're talking about video game violence. What started all this was playing Columbine, a movie that's going to be released pretty soon uh, by our friend Danny, Danny Ladone. He is the programmer of the Super Columbine Massacre RPG. He actually uh, decided to put us in his movie, and uh, we certainly do appreciate the uh, the free publicity as a result of that. Of course, you get some in return here, Danny. You can uh, Go to PlayingColumbine.com and purchase the limited edition DVD, which is uh, an e- a great way to get this movie into your home in advance of pretty much anyone else. The price is a little higher than you might expect, but that's because, Danny, you'll, you'll personally autograph any one of these that goes out the door, right? Yeah, that's correct. I'll do that. And the other reason is so that later when it gets to distributor, it won't be as though the market has already been tapped and there'd be no business interest in releasing it in a wider uh, wider fashion. Very good. So uh, working diligently behind the scenes to get this film distributed, it is a fantastic documentary all about the uh, the controversy specifically over the Columbine game, uh, but uh, Super Columbine Massacre RPG, but also about video game violence and free speech uh, in well, general. And we actually let's, have... Hmm? Let's be clear. The reason it's Excellent is I'm in it. <laughs> now, Mark, you, you do have beautiful hair, Jack. Now, Jack Thompson is also with us here. He's also in the film, and you may have heard of his name before. He's uh, made a bit of a name for himself in the the world of legal land, uh, trying to bring more, more regulations into the into uh, the video game industry as far can as I, violent I, games are concerned. Yeah, let me let me say something on that. Uh, uh, anyone in their right mind doesn't want government to really to do anything if it can That's be true. avoided. They're bad at it. I don't want and, government uh, at all, in fact. <laughs> and I met with Strauss Zelnick uh, a year a year ago uh, last week in in a Central Park West uh, beautiful condo. Strauss and Zelnick said, is the guy who published games like Grand Theft Auto, etc. Well, he's he a, runs Take Two. Yeah, he's a, he's a chairman at Take Two Rockstar Games. And I said, Strauss, you know, there's a way to get rid of people like me in this whole issue, and that is tell retailers not to sell your uh, mature-rated games to people under 17 and tell them if they do, and if you catch them doing it, you'll withhold product from them. Hmm. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to sell it to whomever I want. Is that where it ends? Jack, is it, does it end there for you? Like, yes. for instance, if if I, as a 27-year-old, was to purchase the uh, you know the new Grand Theft Auto game and then gift it to my 10-year-old cousin, would you want to regulate something like that, or are you only Absolutely concerned not. with the retailer? No, that's a parent's prerogative. That's an adult's prerogative, and and uh, that's where it should stop. And and that's why I think it was 
eminently reasonable to say to, to Strauss, uh, my good friend Strauss, um, just just do it that way. Have a private and a market solution, and that is, as other manufacturers do, limit the sale of your product to the people who to whom it should be sold and, and use your own distribution pressures and restrictions to make it happen. Well, and as you might that, imagine, that, that, we really appreciate voluntary solutions on this program and market-based solutions. But they won't do that. But you also have to, be under, you, have to, you have to understand, though, Jack, I mean, certainly you know that once government gets its hands into something, it never stops that's d- why, there. That's, it's always going to expand. So even though you only want the government to perhaps regulate the sale of the game, inevitably some other brilliant government bureaucrat's going to decide, well, now we need to restrict... Anybody what, having these games. What you do is you take the pressure off the industry by be, their being able to say, look, we're doing absolutely everything we can by saying to the retail network, we're not, we are, we are, uh, is, uh, sanctioning them for selling it to people below 17. And if they did that, Hillary Clinton would have nothing to talk about. None of these state legislators would have anything to talk about because the industry could say, we are very effectively restricting this. And by the way, in that recent FTC study, they found that GameStop had only a 9% failure rate in the sale of, of, of mature-rated games to kids under 17. The reason for that is, and it's in large part because of our lawsuit against them in Alabama, GameStop has said any clerk or any store manager where the clerk sells a game under uh, to anyone under 17 that's mature rated is terminated on the spot. Zero tolerance. And, and so GameStop has had tremendous compliance rates because they take it seriously. Now, I, I speaking have a question of, that's on a, on a related And that's topic, a private sir. sector remedy. It is. Because I know Jack is, is well known for perhaps his prediction of Columbine, as he likes to call it, and, and similar school shootings, which often inevitably... Um, elicit this kind of discussion. Indeed, that was the the purpose of making my film. One thing I wonder, Jack, if the issue comes down to limiting the sale or restricting the sale of mature-rated games to minors, what do you make of the fact that so many of the school shooters in the last several years have been far above the age of 17 or 18 years old? Well, not a lot of them, because once you get far above that age, you're not in school. Well, I'm but, thinking about but, I mean, I'm thinking about Cho Sung Wee or Kim Bir Gil or Steven well, because, you know, there's because yeah, first okay, uh, let let me explain. The uh, I think the only thing that's doable is using the age of majority, 18, as the legal cutoff point number one. And the older you are, the less likely you are to have harm done, just in a general sense to your brain we can get into the brain science i don't think we have time but brain scan studies harvard indiana university michigan state show that the younger your brain is the more you process it in the midbrain and that's the part that leads to copycatting behavior the older you are the more the frontal lobes are involved and the more you are able to differentiate and be and tell that this is make-believe and and is not um uh uh you know, you don't get sucked into it and, and have as, as uh, uh, compelling an experience uh, and, and as disturbing an experience as you get older. So with Cho, and I know, <laughs> I know there's quite a debate about this, but in fact the Washington Post reported that he was an obsessive player of Counter-Strike Half-Life when he was in high school. And in, in the what New York Times reported that also in New York Times uh, Sunday Magazine that his parents hoped that when he went to college he would stop obsessively playing violent video games. The fact is, 
and studies out of Michigan, University of Michigan and elsewhere show that the effects of these games are very long-term. So to answer, to answer your point, I think what we've got is a generation of uh, 20-somethings now who have been playing these games for maybe 10 years, and the, the residual effects of them on not for everyone, obviously, but on the margins, kids or young people who are at risk for various reasons, are, are coming of age, and of, of course you're going to see some kids uh, that have grown into young adults, and they're going to act out in this way. They may be emergent schizophrenic. They may have other risk factors. But I think we can all agree, I think most of us can agree, that a game that's rated as inappropriate for somebody under 17 shouldn't be sold to them. In fact, the industry really can't argue against that since they age rate them. And therefore, I'd say the longer you can keep uh, these things out of the hands of, of kids, the better and the more likely they are to not be harmed by them. That's my whole point. There are a couple of things that are worth pointing out here. One is that the official VTEC panel, after the, after the investigation was concluded at uh, Virginia Tech, they found that Cho's favorite game was Sonic the Hedgehog, which I think to a lot of people is hardly the, the first person, uh, you know, gore fest that. Well, let me, let me first hang on a second. Uh, first well, of all, me, they never. They, point, they, no, 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 no. They never found, they never found his hard drive on his computer. Did you know that? It's, it's, it's missing. Secondly, his suite mates don't know what the hell he was doing because they didn't know he had automatic weapons in his room. This guy was like a ghost. So they right, had the no idea what he was into. The only citation that you can provide is a Washington Post article, which has since been removed or omitted. It's been removed because of pressure put on them, but you can't, un you can't remove the comments of his friends and classmates from high school who said he was heavily in and obsessively into Counter-Strike Half-Life. I'd like to insert something here, and, and that is that when you're talking, you did mention the margins, Jack, and, the, and you know, the fact is the vast majority, the super, super majority of video game players, I'm, I am one of them, are completely well-adjusted, and they had no problem discerning right from wrong and what's real and what's not. And throughout time, there have been different things that people have called, you know, called into attention and said, look out, kids, we need to protect kids from, for instance, comic books and ACDC. And Dungeons and Dragons, and there's always been the crazy automobiles. Kids. I mean, you know, th this goes back as far as there were kids. I'm sure that they were warning well, how kids. How about pornography? About pornography, probably. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. Do you, Do you agree with that? What about or it? Do you think we ought to be selling pornography? Uh, Hardcore pornography to twelve-year-olds. I think it I should be know. up to the. I think it should be up to the vendors and the retailers and the marketplace well, to decide no, all no, those no, things. Yeah, we've, we've had this conversation before. Every, against, every, everyone can go and look at that. I think it's it's curious it's against to me the law. after after mm -hmm. uh, after these shootings from uh, seventy-four to two thousand, the Secret Service looked into uh, all of these school shooters, and they found that only one in eight shooters had an interest in violent video games. Oh no! And, they found that the one common denominator <laughs> up through Columbine of all of the perpetrators was immersion in violent entertainment. One I don't thing's know what for sure. We're short on time. I want to invite you both to hang through to hour number two because there are calls on the line for you. Are you both able to hang through for a little bit, at I, least one more I'm segment? Yeah, uh, I'm done. When, when do you come back from We that? come I've back at 8.06 Eastern Time. Okay, great. I can give you... Uh, at least through to the, the segment after. Yeah. Okay, great. Right, Gentlemen, hang on. We're going to bring both of you back. Danny LaDonne from PlayingColumbine.com and Jack Thompson. Certainly you've probably heard his name before. Also, your calls are coming up because I know they could keep going back and forth. we got to get to the calls. More coming up. Hour 2 on the way.
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is a live Saturday edition of the program. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. We're doing something a little unusual. Normally, if we have a guest on, it doesn't go for more than an hour. But in this case, we had two guests on simultaneously, and the conversation is so interesting, I had to continue this. Uh, Danny Ladone is our first guest. He is the director of Playing Columbine, a true story of video game controversy. It is a DVD documentary, a, a film documentary, all about his... Uh, situation, his experiences in programming the Super Columbine Massacre RPG and all of the things that came out of that. It's uh, it's a fantastic documentary, and uh, we spent the first hour on it, so if you missed that first hour, go to the archives later at freetalklive.com, and also go to playingcolumbine.com to see a preview trailer and also uh, order yourself a copy of it as well. So not only do we have uh, Danny on the line with us, but I believe Jack Thompson is still on hold as well. Jack, are you uh, there with us too? Amen. Okay. Uh, as we continue here into hour number two of the program, uh, we just left off. The conversation was kind of getting heated about the the industry, the video game industry, regulating itself. And I thought it was a decent suggestion, Jack, on your part that you oh, suggested it was brilliant. that the. <laughs> That the, the the video game industry, if it wants to stave off this attack that seems to be coming from the politicians, that it should go ahead and self-regulate and require its distributors, its vendors, like the right. game stores, to uh, to require identification for the purchase of these games. And you pointed out before, Jack, that you don't think that that parents shouldn't be able to purchase these games for their own children. It's just that you're concerned with children going on their own and purchasing the games. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah, the industry says we want parents to make this decision and not the government. Well, fine. Then don't, when, when my son walks up to uh, a Best Buy uh, uh, clerk, which he did a couple weeks ago, and at the age of 15 puts down his money and walks out with Grand Theft, Grand Theft Auto 4 with me nowhere in sight, uh, and of course, that was a sting that he and I had arranged. Then there's something wrong, and and what's wrong is the industry isn't doing what it says it does. So all they have to do is live up to their own rhetoric, and there'll be no problem. Well, now certainly you understand that even if this proposal of yours is implemented, and they are, they do start checking. It won't really do anything to keep violent games out of the hands of kids, right? I mean, they're going to have friends who are of, of age. They're going to purchase them for them. They're going to download them on the Internet. Uh, there are going to be several different ways for them to get their hands on it. It'll just maybe take one small avenue out of their choice of options. Really not going well, to do the law, much. Uh, the law is educative in that um, if, if the industry adheres to this, then that's informational to parents that they need to be even more vigilant than they are. You know, we don't. We don't surrender on the issue of selling alcohol to kids. Obviously, some kids get it. But if there were even a 20% failure rate at 7-Eleven in the sale of six-packs of beer to 13-year-olds, people would be going to jail. Uh, tobacco, same way, firearms, and, and so forth. So I think, I think we've drawn a line. 
uh, the industry ought to ad- adhere to the line that they've drawn, and then we'll live with what happens. But in the meantime, um, the industry has painted a bullseye on its back, and frankly, Take-Two has painted a bullseye on everybody's back in the industry. There, there have been um, uh, Warren Spector, and uh, uh, I believe that's his name, and others have, have, and even Doug Lowenstein, when he was at ESA, complained about how Take-Two had made, made things more difficult for everybody. Danny Ladone, uh, the director of Playing Columbine, any comments before we go to the phone calls? Yeah, I, I was just going to say that I think a lot of game developers, a lot of filmmakers, etc., really shudder at analogies to compare uh, video games or films to, uh, to alcohol, tobacco, pornography. I, I really don't think the people who make these things view them as commensurate in the marketplace with these controlled substances because they're not controlled substances. They're forms of artistic expression. Have you, have you, seen, have you, have you played Grand Theft Auto 4? Absolutely, I have. Okay, you think a 12-year-old be, ought to be able to uh, simulate uh, oral and anal sex and lap dances in an adult club? I think you know, most... I'm glad. I'm glad you asked me about Grand Theft Auto specifically because there How are about a couple answering lines... the question. Oh, I, I will answer the question absolutely. <laughs> that is one potential avenue that you, as the game player of this game, can choose. To say that that is what you do in the game ad infinitum is, is a very poor representation. I didn't say that. Of what, I didn't say well, that. Well, those are certainly the parts of the game that get represented on Glenn Beck and elsewhere, when in fact most of the game is driving around the city and meeting people. In, in, yeah, that's part of the game. But the other well, part is what I'm talking about. Well, but Jack, I mean, 12-year-olds can... never answered the question. Do you yes. think a 12-year-old ought to be able to do that? I think a 12-year-old with parental supervision has every right to be able to play a video game and discuss its contents with their parents. And come on, Jack. I mean, a 12-year-old can go to Google right now and find things that are much more explicit than Some anything. horrifying stuff. <laughs> yeah, than anything that would show up in a video game ever. See, here's my issue. The, because the, I the, no, no, no. The issue, hang on. You said, come on, Jack. Let me respond. Okay, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> the, point, the point is, and, and this is, we keep coming back to this. Should a kid be able to go into a store and buy the game and then go to his home without his parents knowing it and play the game. Once it gets into a situation where the parent gets it, then there's nothing the law can do about it. We're talking about the point of sale, and that's it. Oh, I concur. I, I concur with that, Jack. I don't think that the implementation of it would be very successful. I think that you'd have some difficulties. For instance, uh, some parents, uh, you know, the, the truly zealous ones would say would. You know, would tell would tell some lies to the uh, you know to take two games. They'd say, "Best Buy sold my kid." Blah 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 blah. Some of them would lie, and then you'd have these you know this one tenth of one percent of people that were willing to lie in order to get this uh, product off the shelf, and then you'd have all the retailers uh, you know unable to sell because. Take Two right. uh, Interactive had said to I, you that well we'll take it off if somebody complains. No, that 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 isn't going to happen. Uh, they're not going to do what you said and, either, and right. it hasn't happened. Right, and, and I can certainly. What I think say. is what is what is very disturbing is that, that Take Two will not restrict the distribution of this, uh, and restrict it only to to people over seventeen. They're, We've got to go to these phone to calls that. here. I can't hold you guys on forever. I know you have things to do. Let's talk to Liam in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live with Jack Thompson and Danny Ladone. Liam, go with your question, please. Oh, hey guys. Um, well, I don't really have a question, but a statement. Okay. Uh, I have to preface this with the fact that I'm a 15 year old. All right. Uh, and I I have owned pretty much every Grand Theft Auto game made. That's too bad. 
Oh, yeah, I'm sure it's too bad. My parents don't well, care that I own the games, and I'm allowed well, to Well, obviously they don't care. That's um, too bad. Go ahead with your statement, Liam. Pardon me? Uh, no, statement. I'm just wondering, why, why is Jack making that comment? Because um, I think it's too bad your parents don't uh, want to keep that away from you. I, I think I'm, I'm entitled okay, to have that view. I have a 15-year-old. I have a 15-year-old, and I but wouldn't have my son play that. simulated violence. I, I understand the fact that what I'm doing is fake, and I don't want to do something like that to somebody in real life. You said you're a pacifist, Liam? I'm a pacifist. Well, that's great. and and it, you, But uh, I'll tell you what, you are not a statistically significant sample. There are I other people out I, there. Okay, well, then can I why don't we look at um, another Liam, you're, Can I, can I, I respond? Sorry, go, go ahead, go Jack. Uh, it's not all about you. It's about other kids that are out there who are at risk, and there's a continuum of risk. And, and I must tell you, whether you're at risk or not, it's inappropriate for you to be playing a game in which you, you beat the crap out of women. Uh, I, well, that's I your opinion, Jack. Here I am, a conservative Republican who ran against Janet Reno, and the National Organization for Women asked me to come up to Manhattan to their largest chapter, which I did, and I spoke to him about the objectifying of women and I in in the game, and I I'd say to you as a 15 year old uh, a male, you apparently don't get it because you're not a woman, and you can't apparently understand the inappropriateness of objectifying women in this culture in that fashion. Great, but you know, L- hold on, let me let Liam respond here. Women. Liam, I'll let you respond, yeah. and then we're going to let you go. Liam, go ahead. Okay, but they're not actually objectifying women in real life. It's a video game. It's simulated. <laughs> Have you watched okay. a movie? They objectify women in movies all the time, and. Of course, they'll attack movies, but apparently, because it's a more traditional medium, it doesn't. So, objectifying the scrutiny that I'm objective. Do do you object to treating women as if they were semen receptacles in any medium or not? In real life, but this is a video game. Liam, thank you for the call tonight. We appreciate it, Uh, Jack. There are more calls on the line. If you'll hold, we'll uh, bring you back for another segment. Up to you, sir. Can we come back to that point? You come back to whatever point you want to, sir. Hang on, Danny. Can you stick with us? Yeah, no problem. All right, hang on. 800-259-9231. Uh, we're going to take a call from Mason. Also, I think Max on the line, and an uh, amplifier call is rolling in here. Jack Thompson, Danny Ladane, both on the line. The video game controversy continues. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition. Bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231, though calls right now on the video game controversy will get priority. 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, including the bulletin board system. You can get interactive. We've got over 350,000 posts for you to surf around through. Over 2,000 people interacting. Go to bbs.freetalklive.com. See what it's all about. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. If you're thinking about starting a business, here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that can wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is both fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, trademarks. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. That's LegalZoom.com. All right, we're going to bring our guests back on here and try to get through some more phone calls. Uh, Jack Thompson is with us, as well as Danny Ladane, the creator of the Super Columbine Massacre RPG and director of Playing Columbine at PlayingColumbine.com, a movie we talked quite a bit about in hour one. Jack, do you have a website we can point people to? No, there's a guy operating one that makes it appear as though it's mine. Uh, so it's therefore, it's, it's therefore more rational and sane and thoughtful than I'm sure mine would be. But uh, uh, no, I don't have one. I, okay. uh, maybe once I'm disbarred, I will on how to get yourself disbarred. But gotcha. 
Now, uh, by okay. the way, I'm multitasking right now. I'm making bacon, so if you hear some crinkling noises, I apologize. That's okay. I appreciate dinner. you staying on longer than than you expected to, Jack. Now, sure. you wanted to comment and on the issue. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate. No problem. It. You wanted to comment on the issue our last caller brought up the uh, the, the objectification of women. Go yeah, ahead I with your comments. I, I think there's a real problem. I've represented sexually abused women and children, and indeed. Um, uh, the Attorney General's Commission on Pornography has established a direct causal link between uh, pornography and sex abuse, and that's uh, not even debatable anymore. So um, that's a problem I have when you put out a game that weds violence and sex uh, to one another, and given the neurobiology that the, those two control centers in the brain for those two activities are geographically uh, connected is it's it's very troubling. So are you concerned so that teenagers? I've got a problem with that, Jack. You concerned that teenagers are going to learn how to treat women by playing Grand Theft Auto? I think uh, uh, you're, you're, the the point is that it's inappropriate to depict women in a sexual setting and to wed the sex act to violence after the sex act is completed. Yes, that's, that's totally inappropriate. In and just in video fact, games? You've got the best computer ever, ever created on your shoulders. It's called your brain, and those images and those thoughts and that objectifying is in there forever once it occurs. Is that true? Is your feeling on that true just for video games? I mean, if, if I wrote... It's if, not a feeling. It's a fact. Okay. In, um, in fact, the Japanese, the Japanese trained their soldiers for World War II by combining those two things, once they would, they'd be very violent, and they'd immediately reward them uh, with geisha girls and sexual gratification. And indeed, the rape of Nanking, experts uh, believe that's when Japanese soldiers rampaged and raped the, uh, nearly all the women in Nanking. It was because they had been in a battle setting. Uh, the violence had overstimulated the sex part of the brain, sex control parts of the brain, and they raped civilian populations and had no uh, history, these soldiers, of, of doing that. So this is, this is neurobiology. So you do you want to do, with, do away with any medium, whether it's uh, comic books or video, uh, video games or uh, uh, books themselves, that you know, link violence to women and sex? There was, there was nothing in uh, the Marvel comics that approaches... Uh, what's in Grand Theft Auto 4 in the strip club? But there certainly is in Japanese comics, and that is, by the way, one of the cultures that has the lowest phenomenon of violent crimes. But they have some of the because they have no guns. Did you know that they have no guns? Well, it's an island. It's a little easier to keep the guns out of there. But um, you can still use knives. But they have some very explicit and very misogynistic cartoons over there in Japan as well. Yeah, and women are not not considered equal over there. It's true. Uh, Danny, uh, call, any thoughts on that particular issue? You know, I, I think as a, as a general point here, the, the matter is not really one of protecting the children because guess what? Kids are going to get this game no matter what regulations you impose on retailers. It's true. I think it's an, actually an issue of empowering the children. Working at a youth center for three years, one of my main jobs was getting young people to think critically about the media that they encounter in their life. And so instead of saying that, you know, it's going to poison young people if it gets in their minds. Getting them to think about the way women are portrayed in music videos or in video games or in anything else, I think that's a much larger step to take than just trying to, you know, use some legislative means to prevent the games from reaching children. We need to jump back into these calls here, guys. Excuse I, me, but you can't preach that and at the same time sell to teenagers a product in which uh, that is 
normalized and, and treated as, as appropriate. And I think it would be great if we had some female callers on the line, and, and there may not be. Well, anything. my girlfriend, Julia, actually is a huge fan of the uh, Grand Theft Auto series. I mean, a huge. How old is she? She's 23. And I believe she started playing when she was 17 or, or when she was in her teenage years. And she's a well, tremendous fan of the series. If and she I don't knew think... any rape victims or had been raped, she probably wouldn't be as big a fan. Well, I'd and bring her in to talk, talk about it. You need to talk to, well, you need to talk to some of my clients who've been raped by men and, and, and younger men who have been immersed in this in pornographic, violent material. And it's, it's, it's not a matter of taste and entertainment. It's a, it's a life and death situation. Let's continue here with the calls. Uh, Mason is on the line in Massachusetts. Mason, you're on with Jack Thompson and Danny Ladone. Hello. Mason, go ahead with your point. All right. Um, or question. All right. First, I wanted to uh, say that I am uh, 21. I have been playing video games of all kinds for through my entire life, um, from about four or five years old to through now. I've played them all through the old school platformers, RPGs, through new games now, including Grand Theft Auto. And I can tell you for one thing, that it has done nothing to me, and I know many other kids, my friends as well, who can, be, can uh, say the same thing as me. But that's not my question. Have you, have you have, did you ever talk to Klebold and Harris or Michael Carneal in Paducah or uh, Jeffrey Weiss in Red Lake, Minnesota? You didn't talk to any of these kids who did kill people, did you? Of course not. Okay. Well, that's, you're not you a statistically significant sample. I'm sorry. Of course not. All right, but my uh, question I wanted to ask you is, how is it considered um, petty and ignorant to uh, destroy a book? I uh, saw this on eBay a while ago. Someone was uh, selling a book of yours that you got signed, and they were selling it for charity. Um, and then they uh, apparently burned it and destroyed it. So how is it petty and ignorant to destroy a book in such a way where it's okay for you to uh, destroy entire, entire companies um, because you I'm don't sorry, approve company, of their names? What company did I destroy? Well, you, with uh, Rockstar and They're as doing well great. as all the other companies. If anything, Jack, you've given them more publicity. Uh, right. If eh? anything, you've probably sold more copies of the game well, than anything you, else. I guess Churchill, Churchill gave Hitler more publicity, too, I guess. Mason, but, thank you, you for know, the call tonight. You have tonight. to publicize a problem before you can do something about it. Um, and that's that's the point. There are more people. Uh, I'll tell you, as I said earlier, and I appreciated the uh, figures, there are fewer games, according to the Federal Trade Commission, that can be readily sold directly to kids at the point of sale, and I'll take some of the credit for that, and I think I think I should. Let's continue I've with Mac. I've been, huh? Uh, I was just, just trying to sneak another call in here. Jack, do you want to hang through again? Because we've got more calls for you. I'll, uh, I'll hang with you, baby. All right, All right. Jack, your wow. game. Hang on, dude. Danny, you want to come back? Yeah, that's fine. Hang on, sir. 800-259-9231. Uh, we've got at least four calls on the line here. Let's try to keep the, uh, I mean, just to both of our guests, let's try to keep our answers as, as short as possible so we can get through as many calls as we can here because uh, we can't keep this going on uh, through the third hour of the show. <laughs> That's well, to end this Jack's hour. Jack's got bacon to eat. That is true. 800-259-9231, and I must say I'm a little jealous. I wish I had a, some bacon sitting in front of me right now. Mm-mm-mm. I am a big fan of bacon. Hour, uh, not hour. More's coming up with this interview. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there are free. 
So enjoy those on us, live streams included. Broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both are free for you at freetalklive.com. We bring Jack Thompson back with us. He is uh, the attorney who's gone after some in the video game industry and has uh, suggested legislation, but also market-based alternatives, which... uh, it was a surprise to me, Jack. I didn't expect you to come out with that tonight. To I'm, all, I'm always full of surprises. By the way, you're welcome to come over for bacon and pancakes. My wife's out of town, so we eat really unhealthy food. While we don't live in Florida anymore, but I appreciate a, the invitation. It's a nice okay. time that when a, when, a, when a married man gets that weekend alone, that's awesome stuff. All right. So uh, uh, No, the babes are over here already. I'm not alone. Yeah, right. Yeah, the bus I'm objectifying them as we speak. Yeah, right. Danny Ladone is with us as well. He's the director of playing Columbine a true story of video game controversy. We've got them both on the line, and we're going to try to burn through some of these calls. So, uh, gents, if you could keep your answers as succinct as possible here. Let's go to the phones and talk first to Mac in Georgia on the amp line. Mac, you're on with Jack and Danny. Mac, going once. Mac, going twice. Let's try Ziggy in the U.K. on the amp line. Hello, Ziggy. Ziggy. Seem to be having trouble with the amp line tonight. Okay, then. Actually, it's muted. That would be my problem. Ziggy, hold on. Start over. Start over. And I think I dropped Mac on accident. Ziggy, uh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Three uh, quick things for Jack. First of all, they banned handguns here, Jack, and gun crime went up. Secondly, would you have objected if The Passion of the Christ had been made into a video game? And thirdly... Well, I didn't get the second one. Hold on a second, Ziggy. We're going to take them one. You've got two. We're going to give you two, Ziggy. The first one was about them banning guns and gun crime going up. Jack, go ahead. Well, it's a different issue. Uh, The the highest gun crime rate, uh, I believe, is in Washington, D.C., where guns are illegal. And, in fact, where gun ownership has gone up, which means and and, uh, conceal and carry laws have been passed Gun crime has gone down, and that means the good guys have got guns to take on the bad guys. Well, I think but you're going to find that we we're gonna... with you on that issue. Go ahead, Ziggy, with your second point. Um, the second point is, would he have objected if the Passion of the Christ would be made into a video game? Thank you for the call, Ziggy. Appreciate it. Jack, the Passion of the Christ, would you have objected if it were made into a video game? <laughs> uh, if it were sold to kids, yeah. Let's continue here. I think this is probably Mac back on the line in Georgia. Mac? Who's out? Hey, apologies for that, Mac. You're on the air. Go ahead with Jack and Danny. Okay. Well, first of all, I was introduced to buy video games by um, Duke Nukem 3D. <laughs> I used to work on computers at my school, and I installed them all the computers at the school. Nothing got in trouble for it. But, Jack, something that caught me when you were talking in aisle one, you were saying that the industry should regulate itself, which I do agree with, but you're saying if they can't regulate themselves, it should involve government. And after one, I'm in law enforcement. I don't really understand the point about me having to do a raid here and raiding the local game stuff. You're whatever, saying that you don't want to do along. you don't want to do sting operations as a law enforcement officer. You're not interested in this sort of enforcement. Uh, thank you, Mac, for the call, Jack. Your comments and Danny. Well, I think if they passed a law, uh, you probably wouldn't have to do many stings because then there would they wouldn't be selling them to kids. So you well, don't think in the same way they don't sell cigarettes to kids? But yeah, they do alcohol. They, do, they love doing those. As a matter of fact, they'll try to entrap uh, businesses with well, kids. That's fine. Yeah, it, to to keep the same reason you have people, you know, uh, people with vast uh, radar on on the interstate. There are people who are going to violate the law, and you got to make the point once in a while. Danny, uh, uh, any uh, thoughts I, on this? You know, if he doesn't want to do these things, I'm sure there'd be somebody who'd be happy to do it. That's probably true. There's always some jackboot out there. Uh, Danny, your thoughts? Yep. Right. 
Uh, I don't really have a thought on this particular issue now. All right, good. Let's continue and go to Kevin in West Virginia, listening on WVTS. Kevin, you're on with Jack Thompson and Danny Ladone. Kevin, go Kevin's gone. Let's try Andrew, listening in Indianapolis on WXNT. Hello, Andrew. Hello? Andrew, you're on the air with Jack Thompson and Danny Ladone. Yeah, I'm from San Diego, but close enough. Okay. Yeah, I just thought it important to point out that a lot of what Mr. Thompson is saying is either, as far as, uh, is flat out untrue or really misleading, especially considering, you know, how he's interpreting brain scan studies and things of that nature. Okay, you want to state a specific as to how I'm wrong rather than a blanket statement? Certainly. Uh, the Michigan study, it says, and I'm quoting, uh, Video game play, violent video game play, brain activity pattern that may be characteristic for aggressive thoughts. Aggressive thoughts doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot, and it just says it may be characteristic for the. Uh, have it, hang yeah. on. Have you heard of the American Psychological Association? Of course I have. Okay, largest association of psychologists in the world, right? Yeah. Right? Okay, August 2005, official findings. There's a causal connection between violent video game play by no, teens Mr. Thompson, and, in, you and, know in, that's not and true. increased aggression. Uh, what, what is it I don't know is true? Well, you know that's not true because I've been telling you for years that that's not what it says. The people yeah, behind that resolution have, come, have gone on record as saying that's not what it says. Utterly false. In fact, Game Politics, which hates me, Dennis McCauley, who runs Game Politics. I know Game Politics. We got, okay, fine, everybody knows it. We got into a debate about that, and, and yeah. I said that there was a, hang on, there was a causal link between a violent video game play by teens and increased aggression, and McCauley said, no, that's not true. The study found that there was just a correlation. So he contacted the chair of that committee, and he also contacted Brad Bushman, who's one of our experts in Alabama, and they both confirmed, no, it's not a correlation, it's a causal link. So you're wrong. That's you're wrong. incorrect. That's not what either of them That's said. a lie. All right, well, now we've devolved Indiana into a bunch study. of finger-pointing. Andrew, -uh. thanks. No, 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 it happens to be, go look at the study. I anybody, did. I have oh, okay, read folks, listen. All right. Hey, anybody hey. out there, Google... APA, August 2005, violent video games. You'll find the summary, and they say causal, not correlation. Take a look for yourself, Andrew. Thank you for your call. Danny, uh, comments on this particular issue? Yeah, I mean, it's worth pointing out there's a new book out now called Grand Theft Childhood. And oh, my the God. Authors are from, uh, they're from the Harvard faculty, et cetera, and they, they were funded a $1.5 million study by the Department of Justice. And their findings are very interesting, and they're not at all what's being represented here in terms of the, the influence, quote-unquote, the video games have on young people. And what was that study again? I'm sorry. Well, this study, in, in instead, of, instead of looking at kids in a lab and saying, you know, what is aggression as defined in a, you know, a sterile, meaningless setting, they actually talked to kids on the streets about their attitudes, about the games they were playing, including Grand Theft Auto, and the results are very surprising and very and contradictory and to study what's been discussed here. A study out of the U.K. last week reported by the BBC, extensive polling of kids, they themselves said that we, we believe, we kids believe by a huge margin, 
that playing violent video games makes us more aggressive, and in fact, we have been more aggressive. That's what yeah, the, that's what I, the know, BBC finds. I saw that study, and it's not surprising that they would think that when they're being told that every night on the cable news. But I don't think that's <laughs> yeah. particularly impressive in in the larger scheme of. All right, of gentlemen, we got to continue with these calls here. Let's go to a different Andrew. This is the actual Andrew in Indianapolis, listening on WXNT. Andrew, you're on with Jack Thompson and Danny Ladane from PlayingColumbine.com. Hey, uh, guys, I just wanted to make a quick point that, you know, GTA 4 is not a game that's geared for kids. And, uh, exactly. But the, but the whole point is is that raise your kids right. You know, if you're going to have kids and they're gonna, you're going to let them play video games, let them know that it's not right to beat on women and, you know, give them a good upbringing. And part of a good upbringing is not buying a game like that for kids. Exactly. I mean, I'm 25. I play that game all the time, and I would I wouldn't ever let my teenage kid play it. Exactly. You, you so, gotta so raise Walmart... them to let them. You gotta raise them to let them know that you know you don't beat on women, and it's it's all part of the upbringing. That's but if you're raising really, them if, that if way, you tell then them don't beat on women. If you tell them don't beat on women, then you don't let them entertain themselves for hours beating on women. Correct. Exactly. Let them wait okay. till 17. Like and the my whole parents point is the whole point is then that Walmart, Best Buy, Target, Circuit City, GameStop should not, with no parent in sight, sell that game to somebody else's kid. That's the whole issue. Jack Thompson, thank you for joining us on Free Talk Live tonight. Enjoy your bacon, sir. Appreciate you, you taking all the time out. And uh, Danny, want to hold you through if you don't mind for a few remaining thoughts. Is that okay? Yeah, no problem. All right, hang on. 800-259-9231. Still a couple calls on the line. Maybe you'd like to talk to Danny Ladone, the creator of the Super Columbine Massacre RPG and Playing Columbine uh, upcoming documentary available at playingcolumbine.com. We'll take your calls coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition of the program. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, we ask that you shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. If you start your shopping there, buy anything. Used items, new items, 41 categories to shop in, free super saving free super saver shipping on a lot of items so whatever you buy free talk live gets a cut if you enter through amazon.freetalklive.com however if you want to buy knobs poles faucets and more you should go somewhere else innerknobs.com uh they've you know you can get wholesale prices and uh the the best service innerknobs.com you can see their banner at free talk live excuse me freetalklive.com and you can save 10% off your order by using the code FTL that's internobs.com it's a huge selection and the uh, the gentleman that runs the company is a major fan of the show and a big supporter of liberty and freedom so just true internobs.com for all your polls faucets and uh, that sort of need Let's continue here. Danny Ladone is on the line with us. He is the director of Playing Columbine, a true story of video game controversy, limited edition DVD available for pre-order at playingcolumbine.com. You can see a trailer. I believe we actually made the trailer, Mark, you and I, which is uh, pretty cool. We are in the film, so that's an extra reason to pick it up. But beyond that, it's a fantastic uh, documentary about the uh, the Super Columbine Massacre RPG and the controversy that swirled around that and video game violence uh, in general. Danny, are you still with us? Yeah, I'm still with you. 
Hey, now, Danny, um, I've got some important. I've got an important question, and it's it's about um, an important uh, subject matter. Me now um, with the six degrees to Kevin Bacon thing. How far am I off? <laughs> oh, geez. You know, Mark, I I think that you should stop thinking of it that way, and Kevin Bacon should start asking how many degrees he is away from Mark Ed. There you go. Good answer. Let's go back to the phone calls here. Uh, but uh, actually, before we go to the calls, uh, Danny, any other comments on all you the know, things I that Jack had to the, say? The reason the reason that I wanted to have Thompson on tonight, and the reason I helped you to organize that, is because he's he's very clearly at the forefront of a group of people who extend their concerns about uh, violent video games. And as you saw from the callers, there there really is a uh, he, he has a, a base of, of, of uh, followers who are, are a bit against his uh, point of view. But but um, I, I felt it was important to have him in the film, so I made sure that he made it in, and I appreciated having him on, obviously in the film, and also coming on tonight. Oh yeah, he's he, he's mandatory for your film. Yeah, clearly. All right, let me continue with the phone calls here. David is on the line in Montana, listening on KGEZ. David, you're on with Danny from uh, PlayingColumbine.com. Howdy, how you doing? Hey, uh, I think Jack and guys like that that uh, attack in the video game should take their zeal and their energy and put it towards uh, giving them psychotopic drugs to kids because all them shooter kids were on that stuff or or went cold turkey on it mm. and went wacko you know, on it. That's, that's a really great point. And also, there's a solution to his problem about the kids getting them. The, the stores could uh, put one aisle aside for the M-rated games, the R-rated movies, the X-rated movies, the XXX-rated movies, and, and you got to, you know, show your 18 to go into that aisle. And, and you you go in there and shop. Well, they could do that. That could certainly be a market-based uh, option. I'm glad you brought up the uh, the point about the drugs, Dave. Thank you for the yeah, call. Yeah, they should I... take that that energy they got going against the military. Loves these games, you know. So there is kind of a truth to you know you gotta talk to the kids that these things, if you're weak-minded and an idiot that they could capture your imagination and you got to tell them it's just an imagination it's just a game you got a responsibility when you play these games david thank you for the call tonight danny your thoughts on the drug issue yeah you know that's actually a point that's brought up in the game itself uh because uh eric harris one of the two shooters at columbine uh relapsed uh, on his intake of lovix which is one of those antidepressants so uh, that, that certainly is a worthy point. I think if we're concerned about school shootings, there are a myriad of issues that need to be addressed here. And, of course, video games are somewhere at the bottom of that list, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that uh, the schools are the, the number one issue. And we certainly talked about that a lot on Free Talk Live. The idea that uh, a lot of kids are forced to go and attend the same school together that may not necessarily get along with one another too effectively. And the, and the government school system isn't really built to help moderate that too effectively. They're just I, sort of thrown into the pot together. I think you're talking about a real parenting issue where um, you've got th- these kids with you know all kinds of shotguns and automatic weapons, uh, you know, b- b- laying things out. I mean, this I don't think these kids had a lot of supervision. You know, it's, it's also worth pointing out here. Every generation has this Jack Thompson in a sense. There's always going to be someone that's concerned about the new media that kids are into or the new thing that's developing. That's a bit uncertain. I know the film makes that point. But a generation ago, kids were running around the backyard playing cops and robbers, and they had very realistic-looking toy weapons. Mm-hmm. The film kind of brings that up. 
and, and, and really, games like Grand Theft Auto are virtual cop and robber type games. And whether you choose to let your kids play them or not, these are the kinds of things that the kids developmentally go through in terms of in terms of violence and what's right and wrong. And, and having parents in your life is really key to navigating through that. Yeah, you know, I didn't really think about it, but uh, you you did show it in the film, and they had you know they had these plastic guns that look very realistic. And oh, yeah. I remember these th- these weapons. I used to you know play with the plastic guns looked as real as they could possibly make them. Now they're lime green with a little orange tip. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like there's right. no way you could mistake these guns. Um, and you have to use your imagination even more. Uh, you know, they, you had to cock these babies. They made a boom. You know, like a noise. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's exactly we. You know, we had guns or the the facsimiles thereof. Well, the funny thing is now the uh, the real guns are being made in colors that look like toys, which is interesting. The uh, there's like a Hello Kitty M16 or AK out there somewhere, and it's it's all bright pink with a Hello Kitty on it, and you'd think it was a toy just looking at it, but. It's not. Uh, let's continue here. Talk to Gabriel in Texas. Gabriel, you're on with Danny Ladone from PlayingColumbine.com. Yes. You're on I the just air. wanted to. I didn't realize Jack was going to be out tonight. Uh, just listening to the podcast, but um, ever since you know this started, what six, seven, eight, well, ten, twenty years ago, people have always tried to uh, blame the new media. But it seems like there's been a whole bunch of muddying of different questions. And, you know, it seems like uh, it would be helpful to just step back and, like, I don't think anyone would argue that um, violent or sexual or violent and sexual uh, video games, comics, media have zero effect on children. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone would be willing to take that stance. You know, whether or not it's just a minuscule effect on those who are already unstable or possibly a massive effect on, you know, developing minds or whatever. I don't think anyone will take the stance that it has no effect. So the you know, question one thing is, is the, Okay. Somebody go. So the, so the question is, if it has enough of an effect uh, in order for us to do something about it, and then the second and totally separate question, and people seem to jump, uh, not necessarily you guys, but uh, definitely more of the mainstream media and Jack Thompson, seem to jump straight from point one, if there is enough, should we do something about it, to what should we do about it, which is an entirely separate question. And that's when it comes to, do we leave it to law enforcement, the creator, the distributor, the seller, the parent, um, the government? You know, there are many different solutions, and people seem to uh, just be jumping straight from question one to question two and not recognizing them as two totally separate entities. They're either making an assumption on one or on the other. Good point, Gabriel. Danny, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, while Jack is very fond of the uh, American Psychological Association's findings from 2005, you know, many federal courts and many state courts have rejected the video games make me do it argument. And while, you know, some of the perpetrators were found to have played video games for, like Grand Theft Auto, for 15 hours a day, I would submit to you that anything you do for 15 hours a day is probably not healthy, even if that video game was Pac-Man. So there's there's a balance that I think we need to find. Right. If you're doing something for 15, if you're playing Pac-Man for 15 hours a day, you're not interacting with human beings. You're not learning those, you know, the social graces necessary in order to do that correctly. And uh, that could that could be pretty damaging. And I I agree with what Mark said. And Gabriel, thank you for the call. I agree, agree, Mark, that, you know, parenting has got to be the number one issue here, because if you've raised your kids right, to understand the difference between right and wrong and fantasy and reality, then I don't see what the problem is with letting your 13-year-old play Grand Theft Auto. What's I, the big deal? The, the, when, when I think about it, you know, I, th- I try to compare them to other sorts of media, and if, if a book was written from the... Uh, 
you know, the 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 mind of a serial killer. Oh, there have been books like that. And there absolutely have been books by, like that. And, you you know, the, the, these books get very deep into, uh, you know, Psychology. exploring these yeah. things. And I, I would say that you could make the argument that books like that shouldn't be um, read by kids. And I would say that, you know, you you know your kid best. You would decide whether a video game like this or a book like this would be the worst thing in the world. But yep. I've played many, many video games and a great deal of them, hours and hours at a, at a time. I've even, you know, gone so crazy as to play 15 hours in a day. Well, you know, like a Saturday or Sunday when I had the time off. I never felt bloodlust and never thought for a moment of killing someone. Danny, people need to go see your movie. Uh, certainly it's not in theaters. Maybe it will be someday, but now they can get it online right now at playingcolumbine.com and continue this discussion perhaps in their homes with their families. It might be a great conversation starter. Danny, uh, you got about 10 seconds for final thoughts. Go. Hey, thanks for having me on the show, and check out the, uh, the film, and keep listening to Free Talk Live. Thanks, Danny. Thanks. I'm sure we'll have you back at some point. Have a great weekend. Hour three's coming up. The Cynic says, I started losing my hair, and there was nothing I could do. I wore a baseball cap because I was self-conscious. The Believer says, I started using Avacor two months ago, and already I'm regrowing my own hair. My bald spot is going. No caps for me. Are you a cynic? Avacor's formula is FDA approved to regrow your own hair in as little as two months. Avacor's topical formula contains the only ingredient approved by the FDA to regrow hair without risk of sexual side effect. Call right now and ask about getting a free month supply of Avacor and receive Boost just for trying Avacor. Boost can make your hair visibly thicker with its first application. Call 1-800-451-8920. That's 1-800-451-8920. This is a limited time offer, so call now. Call 1-800-451-8920. 1-800-451-8920. Or log on to avacorradio.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves this live Saturday edition as we launch here in hour number three of the show. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Oh, wow. What a two, first two hours of the show. For have we ever had a two-hour interview? We have. Mark Stevens from AdventuresInLegalLand.com was okay. the only other one we've ever had. This one was... Uh, I'm exhausted. Yeah, it's pretty big. I really, you know, I mean, I can do this show, I could do this show for hours and hours at the, um, on end talking to people and talking yeah. to you and um, reading the news and that kind of thing. But I almost said nothing. I am exhausted. Well, you did get up early. You've been moving today. You're moving to a new house and everything. But, but I can, you know, my brain was working harder. I was trying, you know, the moderation, the, you know, I, I don't know. I, I felt like I was holding it all up on my shoulders. Well, anyway. Very weird. If you missed it, we'll, uh, we'll post the archive later at freetalklive.com. Uh, this, it returns to our normal format where you can call in about anything. So we go continuing here with your calls. Uh, let's see. Matt is on the line in Illinois on the amp line. Hello, Matt. Hey, guys. How you doing tonight? Hey, Good what's sir? on your mind? Actually, I got in kind of late. I started listening, and I heard uh, guess the guy's name was Jack talking. Jack Thompson. Yes, Jack Thompson. So, yeah. So if I make a point that's already been made, I apologize. But um, I wanted to tell him, and he's not on the show anymore, so I'll tell you, uh, that I I heard him talking about some scientific study and some statistics and after 48 years of listening to scientific studies and statistics, I don't believe them anymore. <laughs> I just think that they're just, somebody has an agenda, 
person with that agenda pays the scientists and the statisticians that come up with these statistics. Yeah, you're That's pretty much on on target there. I mean, and you heard. I often feel that way. I don't. I don't. You know, can't prove it or say anything like that, but. You know, it's it's lies, damn lies, and statistics. Well, and and you also heard Danny Ladane from PlayingColumbine.com bat other statistics back at him. So you know, one and there, side there is, will always be you know statistics, and it's a, it's a way to sound informed about an issue. One side has theirs, the other side has theirs. Who's to know who's right? Well, it you know it really doesn't matter in the wash because if Jack Thompson gets his way and he gets these video game regulations that will regulate store clerks. He pretty much admitted to understanding that that wasn't really going to keep these games out of the hands of kids. That there's there's no real way to keep these games out of the hands of kids. So really, what is all this about? It's I don't get it's it. I mean, control. it's symbolic more than anything. I think it's about control. It's about certain people wanting to control other people's lives. But but and but they and that's wrong. But don't they understand that it won't work? I mean, Jack Thompson understands this, and I but I imagine some of his proponents don't. You know, it's not going to work. You can pass the most restrictive video game sales uh, legislation you want to. It'll just push the game dis- distribution to the Internet, and uh, kids will just have their big brother go and buy it for them. It's not going to stop anybody. Right. And the other, the, other thing I wanted, the other point I wanted to make, again, it has to do with, with my age. I've been around for 48 years. And when I was in, in high school, when I was a teenager, rock and roll music made people commit suicide. Yeah, you know, kids uh, kids were found in cars wrapped around telephone poles that they'd obviously hit going 90 miles an hour, but still the radio was intact singing, Ha! Wait! Hell! <laughs> yeah, know, right, right. They'd right, scare the exactly. death, the, the bejesus out of us in this um, in school with those things. Those those kind of stories in the 80s TV was making people go out and 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 uh, commit crimes. And Dungeons and Dragons. Things. Dungeons and Dragons is mm-hmm. another one. There's always some kind of excuse that people are using for the stupidity or the. Ma- Matthew, the- before you go on, let me read a quote to you, real good, um, real quick. It's it's great. Badly drawn and badly written and badly printed, a stain on the young eyes and young nervous systems. The effect of these pulp paper nightmares is that a viol- of that of a violent stimulant. Their crude blacks and reds spill in a child's natural sense of color. Their hypodermic injection of sex and murder make the child impatient um, with better and quieter with with better and quieter stories unless we want a coming generation even more ferocious than the present one parents and teachers throughout america must band together to break the comic magazine beautiful yeah That's 1940 exactly sterling north yes. <laughs> that was about superman or something yeah yeah it was about comic books i mean it's just it's ludicrous he was convinced that the blacks and reds would warp the young uh, young kids minds and they would uh, b- become ferocious and well, you're making my point for me yeah well, that was my intent. Trust statistics and i and all this this what what's causing this what's causing this is the kids that do it Yep. And, now and you're going to do it whether they're playing violent video games or not. Now, Matt, if you've raised. Their head, you've got teenage daughters, right? I mean, what what would yes, your policy yes. be with if they'd wanted to play games that were violent like Grand Theft Auto? What? How would you have handled that as a parent? Well, my son plays it. Okay. My son, my son's 14 years old. He he plays Grand Theft Auto 4. He's played all the Grand Theft Auto uh, movies. He did do something stupid. He uh, just. Just today, when I went to um, pick them up and I took them out, my ex informed me that he was running out in front of cars and making them slam on their brakes. Really? And 
yes, that was stupid, but I don't think that happens in any of these games. Oh, yeah, if you run I, out in front of a car, they uh, they slam on their brakes in Grand Theft Auto uh, San Andreas. I don't think that one can correlate them. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it's, it's correlated either. I think it was it was a stupid thing that yep. a, a bunch of... Silly teenage kids. Teenage kids did, and I told them, I said, look, don't be stupid. You're going to end up in a hospital. Or worse, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. All right, Matt, well, any I other thoughts? That, that getting hit by a car would probably have been the worst thing that could happen in that situation. Well, but, he could have uh, died by the uh, the right. car accident, and that would have been worse. Right. Matt, thanks for the call right. tonight. Appreciate it, dude. 800-259-9231. Sure, there are going to be instances of kids doing some dumb crap that Absolutely. may have been influenced by something they saw in some sort of pop culture, like the, the video games or the movies or the television. There's always that chance. But it all comes back down to parental guidance and helping your kids understand the difference between reality and fantasy. I never had a problem. My parents never even had to sit out with me and tell me, now look, Ian, this is just a video game. It's not real. It's just a game. Of course, you know, then again, I started when I was, what, the Nintendo Entertainment System or, or Atari 2600 is when I started. So maybe someone could make the suggestion that, well, now because games are so photorealistic that kids might be confused. But I don't think kids are as stupid as adults make them out to be. I think adults, you know, they've they've been around longer, and so they think that, well, we know better than these kids. And I think kids are – I think – I think you don't give them enough credit. A lot of adults just don't give kids enough credit. I think that they're much smarter than than you believe that they actually are. And I think they should be treated that way. They should be treated. I think that they largely understand adults. what fiction is, and um, you know, maybe maybe some of them want to live out some of the fiction that they've read or some of the news stories that they've heard. And I think that it would be ludicrous to say that everything that we you know come encounter you know encounter in life doesn't have some kind of effect on us. Um, yeah, I think that violent movies, violent video games, I think that they can have effect on people, and I think that you know maybe they act um, more violently, but. You know, yeah, those are people decisions. that were disturbed to begin with. Well, I, you know, I remember I, I had some friends, and when we'd watch uh, the kung fu movies, we'd, you know, and, yeah. and like, you know, hit each other and do right. the jumping up and down and, and have a good good time with it all. And, you know, can can it get out of hand? Sure, it's horseplay, and that That's can what happen. Kids do. But um, and and I don't. But I don't think. I think that you're you're taking it way too far to say, well, that person doesn't understand reality. Like they, they've they've lost yeah. it. Like they're they're training and simulating. <laughs> no, there's some people that are going to do crazy killing things, right. and they're going to do them with or without video games, with or without comic books, with or without Dungeons and Dragons, and all this other nonsense. And to blame it on the other thing, uh, you know, that that extraneous source is foolish. Yeah. The fact is, when you have six billion people on the planet or 300 million people in the united states what you're going to have is anomalies you're yeah. going to have uh, people whose of brains are effed up yep. you know and and unfortunately they're going to get you know they're going to get treated in scenarios like they're you know dorks and then the columbine situation these kids were kind of picked on a bit and and that's not going to go well for a kid everybody knows what it's like to get picked on and they and they know what it's like you know what kind of revenge you want to get you know, maybe there should have been better discipline in the school. That's not really, you know, that the, certainly the parents should have been um, supervising better. Some balls it's, were definitely dropped, but it was not the fault of id Software and Doom. No. That was not what caused call. Ludicrous. All right, 800-259-9231. You're welcome to comment still on this or whatever's on your mind. Otherwise, coming up, we got a TSA story that 
actually involves a passenger starting some stuff this time. We'll explain here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. This is the live Saturday edition. Take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. And uh, get signed up for the updates. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, you'll know it first. If you're on the updates list, go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on it for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. If you want to lose weight but not permanently change your diet, go to notfatanymore.com. They've got a system that, uh, you know, it, it requires you to cut out uh, eating fatty foods, but only for a little while, and then you can uh, go back to doing it. So uh, notfatanymore.com. You can read the story of a doctor who lost 37 pounds in one month and has kept it off. Notfatanymore.com. 800-259-9231. Okay, to Becky Akers at lourockwell.com. Becky Akers is kind of somebody who's really Johnny on the spot when it comes to crazy TSA hell stories, just awful people having awful experiences in the airport with the TSA. She brings you the story pretty much every single time, so here's another one that I had not heard about. When it comes to sheer asininity, says Ms. Akers, the Transportation Security Administration usually beats passengers by a long shot, but on May 10th, a woman as dim-witted as your average screener handled, handed the TSA an excuse to shut down Buffalo-Niagara International Airport. Look for the agency to offer this bozo a job. She's definitely management material. Described only as a woman in her late 50s, our numbskull remains unidentified. That should protect her from angry passengers who missed connections or had to rent hotel rooms, but it also compels us to invent a name. Dumbo comes to mind. And it isn't a reference to her size, either. Dumbo confused the exit from the airport's secure area, as the TSA dubs those parts under its tyranny, with the entrance to the checkpoint. She didn't realize that she'd bypassed the screening scam until she reached her gate. Now... I've seen uh we there Yeah, sometimes issues. yeah, absolutely. There's there's the, you know, you could just sort of walk out of the exit area and there's no there's no real there's supposed to be a TSA agent sitting there. Sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't. Well, you know, that's because bureaucrats have a tendency to be kind of sloppy on their jobs right. because who cares. And and there have been issues where people have have been caught coming in through the exit and have gotten in quite a bit of trouble. In this case, she managed to go enter through the exit unmolested. No right. one noticed. But she figured it out. Anyway, Becky says, I don't know about you, but at that point, I'd be thinking, yeehaw, score one against the police state. I'd probably brag to all and sundry about my coup, but later on. Given the cowards, imbeciles, and snitches that currently crowd the airports, I wouldn't breathe a word until I was safely home. But not Dumbo. She promptly set about earning our designation by blabbing to an employee of JetBlue, which is like breaking out of prison so you can tell the first cop you see about your exploit. Naturally, the gate attendant ratted her out to the airport police. Dumbo was then escorted to the security checkpoint and interviewed by the NFTA, the Niagara Frontier Transportation Authority, according to TSA spokesbureaucrat. Get this, Dumbo was on her way to New York City. No doubt our street-savvy sharks have had a field day with her. Ever notice how police states need multiple goons to handle security breaches, even when the cult uh, culprits are too stupid to breathe, let alone cause trouble. The woman, this woman of grandmotherly age, posed so grave a threat that the NFTA thugs called their TSA counterparts for backup. Remember what happened when uh, you had a little issue at the the airport, Mark? Yeah, well, they it surrounded was, you. It was awful. There was, you know, there were like seven cops and a dog. 
And you aren't a lady in their in your fifties. It's just crazy. No real terrorists have shown up at American airports since 9-11. That leaves the TSA with its $6 billion annual budget and a constitution in shreds looking a tad unjustified. There was a guy in L.A. that didn't go through the gates, but he was at the airport. Was there? Yeah, as I recall. I don't recall that. Anyway, and so it capitalizes on passengers like Dumbo by implying they belong to Al-Qaeda. Tragically, the big lie works. Too many Americans believe that folks who forget the penknife in their briefcase or carry eight ounces of Listerine are instead of... Instead of three are bad guys from whom the TSA protects us. Right. It's, it's ludicrous. To, 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 you know, a friend of mine's a cop. He can conceal carry on an airplane, but they've confiscated his toothpaste before <laughs> because it was too big. Do you understand? The man had a 45 strapped to his, you know, inside of his belt, but they took his toothpaste because these people are idiots. The agency forsook its M.O. in Dumbo's case. Authorities believe the woman didn't mean to breach security and was an innocent mistake, according to the article. Well, what gives? Thousands of other equally innocent terrorists have suffered emotionally and financially from the TSA's fines and threats of imprisonment. Perhaps the agency senses a kindred moron here and is extending professional courtesy. (laughs) Dumbo will face no charges. Many people that enter into similar circumstances have not been exactly given a pass. No, um, they, they love to give charges, even though they have no legal um, ability to do so. They are not given the ability to, to issue fines, but they, they do. Dumbo was obviously harmless to everyone but a seatmate hoping for intelligent conversation. <laughs> anyway, she'd confessed her sin at the first opportunity, but those facts didn't keep the TSA from launch, launching into its usual, You're all about to die, so we, your benevolent, benevolent rulers, will make your last moments as frustrating silly and uncomfortable as we can, Blitzkrieg. First, the TSA shut down the security checkpoint. No, I don't know why either, except that this is the TSA's standard response to every question, hiccup, glitch, or problem, since the agency's other response is to force passengers who've already endured a search to line up for a second one. You might think the idiots would keep all of the checkpoints up and running. Nor did closing the checkpoint end the hysteria. According to the the original story, the East and West concourses were then evacuated, and in another flourish of the police state, just to underscore the danger from which it was saving everyone, bomb dogs were brought in, while the concourses were found to be safe. Well, big surprise there. Thousands of passengers needed to be re-screened. Oh, get off it, says Akers. They didn't need to be screened the first time, let alone re-screened. This absurdity took 93 minutes from the time the TSA closed the checkpoint at 427 in the afternoon until affected travelers were all the... We're all back on their way by 6 p.m. When will good Americans like Dumbo learn that cooperating with Leviathan only brings grief to themselves and their fellow serfs? Nevertheless, those passengers who frantically shuffled schedules and plans can rest assured that our masters had their best interests at heart. According to the one of the bureaucrats' spokespeople, they said that the NFTA police and staff did everything they could to speed the gate re-sterilization process. Poor bureaucrat should have quit while he was ahead and sounding like only half a horse's patooey. Instead, he went for broke by adding this, quote, We made a conscious decision to sweep the West Concourse first so TSA could restart the screening process and have a secure space to direct passengers. Jeez, my unconscious decisions aren't this loony. Doug also promised it's a serious breach, and I and it's one I know the TSA is going to take any steps necessary to make sure it doesn't happen again in the future. Yeah, right. Fat chance the agency will take the most obvious step of all, shutting down not just a checkpoint nor a concourse, but its whole unconstitutional self. 
I, you know, this, this the woman who just, uh, you know, decided here that she was going to talk to the cops. She's just an idiot. That's all. Yep. You know, I mean. And everyone else was inconvenienced as a result of it because the TSA, as Becky Akers points out, does the same damn thing every time. Even though they had the woman in their possession, they treated it as though there was an, you know, unseen enemy loose in the airport. Well, that's because they are a um, bureaucracy of no consequence. Yeah. They 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 have no real good point for no being there. No one's gonna get their, their pay cut. They're or not making like that. us safe. The fact is, they miss something like fifty percent of guns, knives, and bombs that they test themselves on. Eight hundred. I mean, of course, you're gonna do stupid things to try to to make him make yourself seem worthwhile. If that's the case. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The solution, of course, is to get rid of the TSA, take the airports out of the hands of the government, and let the marketplace handle all of this in competition. We'll make things go a lot smoother. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Live Saturday edition of the show. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there are free, so enjoy those. And uh, also, those features include the wiki, over 1,700 pages created by listeners like you. Go and edit virtually anything you see there at wiki.freetalklive.com. It's like the listener-editable version of our website, wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest. It's happening June 9th through the 15th. And if you go to Porkfest, you'll be able to see firsthand why New Hampshire is one of the country's best places to live, as well as meet hundreds of individuals who, just like you, cherish liberty and are living the goal of liberty in our lifetime. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. 800-259-9231. To your phone calls, we go. It is Jim in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Jim. Hey, um... What's I, on your mind? Well, I appreciate you guys' program. I really do. Thank you. Um, Thank you, sir. What's on your mind? I don't mind agree with you about probably 30% of the time, and this is one of those times when you're dealing with the uh, uh, kids and their programming and, you know, the video games and those things. And I've got some points, and I think if you hear me out, you'll be able to, to maybe see what I'm saying. Go for it. All right. Um, you sort of made uh, the point against what you're saying by the things that were said later, uh, as in you guys uh, would watch the Kung Fu movies, then you would go out and play Kung Fu. The gentleman that called in, a kid was running out in front of the uh, like he had seen on a video game. Uh, I don't think he said that, no. That, that, that's, that's an inaccurate. That does happen in that game, though. I said Which that. game? Grand that, Theft Auto. You run out in front of cars and they stop for you. That's what happens. Okay. Yeah, okay, so that happened in a game. I think the problem is that what we're doing is putting, when you were a kid and you watched the Kung Fu thing, you would go out and practice Kung Fu as you saw it on, on the video or on the on TV. Mm-hmm. Horseplay, okay, yeah. That was pretty much, that was you acting on something that you had never seen before, okay? And you were young enough to try it when you are, but... And that was that made that made a point, okay, for for that particular area. When you take kids that are watching things that are beyond their 
a realm of reasonableness or the reasonability, and you put them in situations like running out in front of cars to get them to screech on their brakes or stealing cars or killing people, um, you know, there's been a multitude of different um, uh, news stories about kids that, you know, tried something on a kid, on a baby that, that they saw in a video game, and it killed, uh, killed the kid. You know, there's been many stories like that. Well, I remember uh, one specifically, but I, I don't remember many, but, you know, it, it, it thing, these things can happen. Well, sure. we've already agreed that certainly young people can be influenced to some extent, but what was your, what's the point you're getting at? The point I'm getting at here is that those videos, uh, to expose them to so many of them, on, with so many different variables, you're going to have so many different people that have a particular kids that have a particular bent towards one particular area or another, and they'll end up trying to duplicate those things because it's beyond their area of reasonable re- their ability to reason. But Jim, wouldn't you agree though that it's the issue to, for the parents to deal with, and that it shouldn't really be dealt with anywhere else besides in the home? You know, I would agree with you if we were living about. 40 years ago. You think parents were better where, 40 years ago? Well, yes, I do. Yeah, you're and wrong. I'll tell you why. <laughs> the uh, world's the same. Well, okay, but but hear me out. People were, more re- people were more responsible than they are in this day and age. What, did you see that on Leave it to Beaver? <laughs> no, of course not. No, that's just, ridiculous. I mean, they no, had crime. I, all right, let's, 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 let me make this point then. If, if, that, if, if I am not correct, then... Uh, the then the uh, can't quite put into exactly what I'm trying to say here, but the I see your point in the fact that you're trying to say that parents are the same, but they're not the same. Parents that have been exposed to the lot more a, a lot more things um, that have changed their type of behavior in this day and age are allowing more than than they grew up with. Therefore, that same thing is continuing on. Except it's becoming more and more extreme. Well, okay, first of all, the, you're talking about an industry here, the video game industry, which has literally millions upon millions upon millions of players and very, very little um, you know, actual fallout that you can point to. What is it that you propose? I mean, if you believe what you say is true, and I believe you do, that you know, things are different these days and it's a bad situation, what is it you would have changed? What would, what, what's your proposal, Jim? Well, I'll tell you. My proposal, I think, would be to limit uh, these games, especially ones that deal uh, with uh, sex and murder. Who will limit to them? A particular, to a particular age level higher than 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Okay. I just would. So who will okay. be limiting them? The government? Well, you couldn't. Yeah, I think, you know, because because I don't think parents would. I okay. think in order for the for the basis of society to continue, and I'm not a proponent of big government. Believe me, I mean I I really agree with you guys. Is society going to crumble without with um, because of violent video games? Is that what you suggested here? I'm, I'm sorry. No, that's not what I'm suggesting. What I am suggesting is it is one component of society that will become more and more deficit, more and more uh, uh, weak, more and more 
violent. I don't understand. I mean, I, I can't agree because I've played these games and I've played them my entire life. I'm a member of, you know, the, the lower or the younger end of Generation X and I was raised on these games. And the people that I know are sensible individuals. I know people that play these things uh, frequently. I don't have time for it these days, really. But I know that uh, there are a lot of people around here in Keene, New Hampshire, that play these games and they're all regular, well-adjusted people. So I just don't see it as uh, as a dire situation like you do. But I'd like to continue discussing the issue of exactly what your plan is. You said you want the government to get involved to prevent people over the age or under the age of, let's just say, 18 from getting their hands on these games. Uh, clearly, there could be some sort of in-store sales restrictions. But how far would you take this? Would you make it so that a 16-year-old would not be able to play the games and that if his 18-year-old brother was to purchase the game, should it be illegal for him to allow his 16-year-old uh, brother to play it? How far will you go with this reg- uh, regulation? Believe me, I understand your logic. I mean, I've seen you play this out. Um, I've heard you play it out many times, and it has it has a, a logical basis. I understand. I don't know which way, how far to go. I would I would limit purchases like that to 18, but there's I would not make it criminal. I mean, I would just I would do what I could do as a as a country for the morals of the for the morals of, and uh, and the the. Character of the country. And that's where you've gone wrong, Jim, if I may. That's where you've gone wrong, because your moral set, it's fine, whatever it is for yourself and your family, that's your business. But it, it, it never is at any point appropriate for you to force your set of morals and values and beliefs on someone else who may have a different set. And that's what you're talking about doing. And I'd like to point out that just because you would be limited in your enforcement or in your uh, scope of this particular law doesn't mean that the politicians and the bureaucrats that write and ex- execute these laws will. Right, they'll take like it to the Texas next step. Child Protective Services. Right, they'll take it to the next step to where it'll be banned in the home of anybody who li- was under the age of 17. And, and they'll, they'll go even further than that to something we can't even fathom them right now will be totally totalitarian and scary and i'd like to also point out that you can ban them from the stores if you want to but that's not going to put a stop to it because video games are a phenomenon i don't know if you've played very many of them but they are a multi-billion dollar industry that i believe recently surpassed uh the the hollywood movie industry i don't have the statistics there but it's it's getting it's turning into a huge industry this isn't going to go away because some legislation is passed it's going to go underground it's going to go on the internet it's going to go to down Downloads. And if you ban these games or ban their purchase from uh, from young people, you'll just find 16-year-olds programming their own violent games on the Internet. You're never going to stop this, Jim. So what you have to do is just focus on your own family and focus on imparting your value set to them and make sure you get that job done. Because that's really the only thing you have any influence over. And I'd like to thank you for taking the call or taking the time to call. Thank you, Jim. 800-259-9231. We'll try to sneak you in here if you're on the line or if you want to get on the line 1-800-259-9231 this is free talk live this is free talk live it's your show and you can bring up anything toll free at 800-259-9231 the sacral cai toll free line it's ian here with you and mark only moments remain but just enough time for your call we'll sneak in if you make it now 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. Again, that number brought to you by SACL CAI. You can join Free Talk Live online and enjoy all the features on our website for free. If you like the show and you like what we're doing here, then we ask that you become an amplifier. Join the program. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. You get perks. You get access to the Amplely toll-free call-in lines, the chat room, forum, 
All of the details are at amp.freetalklive.com and the perks and the bonuses that you get. But the main reason is to become an amplifier is to help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations and help bring new Internet listeners on board with the program and thereby expose more people to a message of freedom and liberty that they so desperately need to hear. Because there are so many people that are like Jim in Montana who agree with us on a number of different issues, whatever they might happen to be from wherever they come from the uh, on the political or belief system spectrum. And that's good because... We're pretty agreeable guys, and so they'll start to listen, and they'll agree with us on a bunch of stuff, and then they'll hear things they disagree with, and eventually our ironclad logic will bring them on board 100%. Well, I don't know if it's our logic. Liberty's logic is, okay. however, True. difficult to argue with. Right, and just a, one more thought on what Jim had to say. Uh, the the suggestion that you know he's got this morals you know he's got these morals that he believes in and he wants to impart them to his family. The problem though with Jim is that he wanted to impart his morals by force on the families of other people, and that's what needs to stop. It's one of the things that needs to stop. I mean, certainly government is a whole other issue with you know taking people's money by force and doing what they want with it, and we certainly talk about that enough. But one of the things that if you ever want government to leave you alone, you have to get to the point of understanding that other people, if you allow them to be free, are going to make choices that are not necessarily what you would make for yourself or your family. And if you can get to the point in your life where that's okay, where that doesn't bother you, where you can allow that to happen and still have a wholesome, good life and do what you think is right in your life and just forget about what those other people are doing then you've really taken a step in the right direction. Because number one, you're never going to be able to control people. You're never going to. You can set whatever laws that you want to out there, and the fact is people are going to do what they can to get around them. They're going to dodge. They're going to duck. They're going to avoid. They're going to look for the loopholes, and they're going to just either, if there aren't any loopholes, they're going to ignore the loopholes. They're going to break the laws. So it's a fantasy to believe that you can get other people to... To modify their beliefs to what yours are. Get over it. And build the life that you want for yourself with the people that agree with you. Focus on that instead of concerning yourself with the actions and the beliefs of others. Okay? Then we can all get along. 800-259-9231. Mark, any comments? Otherwise, we're going to the phones. All right. We go to Cliff, uh, who's on the line in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Cliff. Cliff, California. Going once. Cliff, Cliff, what's on your mind, sir? Yes, I'm not in California. I'm actually in Miami. You're in California now. Go ahead, Cliff. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, uh, listen, I had a couple of of comments or questions for you guys. Yes, sir. Uh, The first is I was thinking about moving to New Hampshire next year, next summer. Okay, cool. But my my one concern is, you know, I I looked up uh, New Hampshire and other sites in New Hampshire, and it seems that the black population is kind of small. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's a it's the probably the whitest state in America. I don't know if that's that's true or Vermont's not. Vermont's pretty white too. I, I'll it? tell you, <laughs> if you come to Keene, I'll be happy to see you. I I really, <laughs> I'm assuming well, you're black. Um, yeah, that's exactly what it is. I, well, there there you know there certainly are some here. It's not a large portion of the population, but you don't have to hang around with black people, you know? <laughs> you oh, can... no, I, no, I have no problem with that. My question is this, really. Um, basically, how are race, race, race relations over there? Because my girlfriend's white, and she's pregnant right now. I think so that next summer, I'll have, you know, we'll have a kid that's you know, half white, half black. So I'm trying to figure out how that would play and basically how 
I guess the people that live around that area are, generally speaking. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you. I, I think that that uh, it's really it's really easy, and I'll, I'll show you the logic behind it. But today I was at uh, a sandwich shop, and I saw a black guy coming in with a white girl, and um, and she was a you know a particularly attractive white girl. And you know how that bothers some people, especially in the South. And I can't say that at one point in my life it didn't bother me. I can't say that that's true, um, but. You know the it, it, no, I don't think anybody even looked at him. Certainly, they got no, nothing was said. Well, at least this part of the state, Keene, is more of kind of the liberal area of New Hampshire, so presumably more open-minded people would be here. Uh, and also, our friends, the the free staters, they love you know anybody as long as you love liberty. So right. And usually, what you have a problem with with uh, ethnic groups where where they battle the most is where they actually have concentrations. You know the uh, the Koreans and the Japanese they live close to each other and there's concentrations um, of them. The, uh, you know, blacks and whites or bl- uh, blacks and Mexicans and those kind of things. They they live close to each other and there's and there's groups of them. Here, black isn't an issue because black people aren't an issue. You know, <laughs> they haven't had any issues with that. You, you know what I'm saying? Hello. Oh, he's gone. I, I was just looking at the the call screening thing here and it said Cliff is gone. I think Cliff's right here. We're talking to him and he's gone. Uh, Cliff, if you got disconnected, man, that was uh, certainly not our fault. Call but you're back. not getting back in time. Well, you might be able to. You can uh, always try to sneak a call back in here. I'd love to continue that conversation because uh, we didn't hang up on him. Let's continue here and talk to Jeff. Uh, no, not Jeff. Let's try instead Tom listening to KMED in Medford, Oregon. Hello, Tom. How are you fellas doing today? Hey, hey, what's on your mind? Well, I was just, you know, I've been thinking about a lot of things that are happening. And uh, do, do you fellas understand? Well, first off, you know, the old Thomas Jefferson said, we need to water the tree of liberty with both the blood of the patriot and the tyrant each mm-hmm. generation. And somebody's been forgetting to take the bucket over to that tree, and it's <laughs> withering. But uh, my question is, do you, do you know what the definition of nation as used in one nation under God in the Constitution means, the actual legal Bovier's uh, a law dictionary version that was used to for writing that? I, I do not. I know that there is no such thing as a nation, but go ahead with uh, what you're going to say. Well, constitutionally, the word nation, one nation under God, is one ethnic or one race base of people who have a similar belief in the same God. Now, I understand you guys are probably more libertarian than anything else. I'm I'm a laissez-faire, free market enterprise guy. Leave me alone as much as possible. Right. But there are limits that are bound by a set code and a set moral value. And you say, well, anybody's moral values. You see, that's, that's loose. That doesn't really fly. That doesn't work. There has to be a common, that's why we have common law, and the common law is based on a common set of ethics and values. That's easy. Now, that's easy. Do no harm. That's the only well, common no, law you need. Okay, but now pornography shops do do harm. Before you go on, I think you've uh, misrepresented what the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence is. What this one nation thing is, all I can remember that is the Pledge of Allegiance, which is, uh, I believe, written by a Nazi. That is true. Are you still there? <laughs> no, I'm still here. You guys are really good. You're just like liberals. You play, you play, uh, you play that uh, pull out them cards. Boy, I'll tell you, you got your race card, your Nazi card. You're, Do you you're, deny you're, the pledge was written by a Nazi? I, you know what? I, I don't know who wrote the pledge. Francis Bellamy. He was a, a national socialist, which, of course, in Germany is the Nazi party. Well, Nazi. Go ahead with your point Nazi. about morals. I want to hear his point about morals. We're I just don't want time. it. I just don't want the Constitution or the right. Declaration of Independence to be misrepresented. Go ahead with your point. We're short on time. 
It, it isn't misrepresented. It does say one nation. It does say one nation. I can't look it up in right now. I can't look it up. Of independence, We're going to have to take your word for it. Go nation. ahead with your point about morals, sir. Go ahead. Well, without a common thread, without a common basic moral value, and without a common religious belief, a nation will die and wither on the vine. Uh, uh, I can't remember the French general's name. There's now. no such thing as a nation, though. It's just the a goal? concept. It's a, the, the nation is just a concept, Not an idea goal. in people's heads, sir. It doesn't actually exist. French, the French general at the time of the American Revolution who came over and, and, uh, and observed America. Lafayette? He said that Amer- America was good. Yes, Lafayette. Said but America he wasn't a general. Good. America, he said America was good because America lo- believed in God. And then when she felt, when she quit believing in God, she'd quit being good. And you've got anything goes, especially, you know, amongst... Uh, libertarian political beliefs you know you can you can murder a baby and as long as you murder your baby and no one you don't murder somebody else's baby as long as you print your pornography and you don't really cause any any trouble for someone else well you can have your kind What do you want to do put people there. in jail for porn sir How much time sh- How much time would I get for my video my uh, VHS porn collection you should be swinging from a rope from a tree. I You're should hang? Sick man, dude. You want to kill me for having porn? You know what, Tom? I'd love for you to call back because this is an extended conversation I'd like to have with you, but we can't do it in 20 more seconds. So call us back next Saturday because we're only on Saturdays in KMED land, okay? And we'll talk to you more about this. Would, Jesus, would Jesus hang somebody for sinning? Quickly back to Cliff. He's back with us uh, from Miami. Cliff, I don't know what happened there, but you got about 20 seconds. Hey guys, no, I just got disconnected. But um, well, I appreciate you know what the comments you were making about that, and uh, I think I'll, I'll call you back next week and uh, try to get more information. I guess if you guys can ask some of your uh, some of your listeners to call in about that that live in New Hampshire. But oh, the last, call last in, yeah, call was, again some other time, man, because uh, we'd right, love cool. to hear from you. Got ten seconds if you can spit it in. Go. And that's everything. I'll call you back, guys back next time. Yep, sounds good. We're on six days a week. Uh, you can join us online between now and Monday at freetalklive.com. Hope you have a great and safe and fun weekend. There's a reason it doesn't sound like the old media. Which of those court justices are going to sit there and err on the side of your Fourth Amendment? That's because it's the new media. Dan Carlin. Common sense. I think fast and I talk fast and the people that like this program can deal with that. Common sense with Dan Carlin. A free-thinking, politically independent view of things from a man who's had way too much caffeine. Get the MP3 or podcast at iTunes or go to dancarlin.com.